All right, welcome to Down by the Bank, episode 34. This is Corey. Hey guys, what's up? It's Derek. Hey, what's good guys? This is uh, JK3. We are excited, uh, especially because of the huge news involving the amphitheater that's being constructed, uh, the Daily Place, and the just sick, as they would say, lineup that has been unveiled. Um, I don't know, do you want to name some of the names, you guys, that you're really excited about? Oh, oh man, I- I'm telling you right now, um, Kids Bop, you know, as, <laughs> as a young kid say, uh, it- it's lit. <laughs> kids Bop will be lit. <laughs> yeah. Goo Goo Dolls, uh, I mean, I don't know, I mean, that's, that's pretty, uh... <laughs> I-, I mean, my-, my thing is, my thing about this whole lineup, it, it-, it is, you know, I'm not trying to go see, you know, Young Jeezy or any anything, you know, along those lines. Now, don't get me wrong. I love Young Jeezy, but I can understand why Shad Khan wouldn't want Jeezy playing at the Daily's place. You know, it's just, I can understand that. But, I mean, The weekend, maybe, you know, um, who else is out there? Bieber, Ariana Grande, something like that. I mean, we, yeah. we're, we're dealing with Dave Matthews, <laughs> Chicago, and the Doobie Brothers. Dude, the guys from I don't Chicago. Even know what, what is that? The guys from Chicago <laughs> gotta be pushing seventy. Okay, All right. he, he, they gotta be pushing seventy. I mean, they they were out. Well, they were twenty five years old back in the in in thirty years old back in the seventies, right? Mid to late seventies. Yeah. Natasha Bedingfield <laughs> is still touring. I don't know. I know you guys are being sarcastic, but me and my white friends are really excited for this. So, no, I, you, you 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 will be from 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 May twenty seventh all the way until December. You will be Ellie's place. Yep, literally either for football or music. I thought it was weird that the didn't you see where I guess these musical events are going to be on the like the, I think the Saturday prior to the game. Like I thought that they were going to try to make this so that it was like you went to the game. Not that I'm going to be attending any of these, but that you went to the game and then like you had a reason to stay down there. You know what I mean? I mean, it, uh, I, I mean, how could you not want to stay down there for a uh, foreigner with cheap tricks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, how could you not want to do that? I mean, Tadashi truck bands? me buying up, getting a hotel at the Omni just to stay downtown <laughs> to catch a game the next day. I mean, that's that that's it, man. Uh, all right, the, the the guys from Chicago, and I just had to stay on this because it made me think about it. I've looked up three members so far. The youngest one I've seen is 69. <laughs> okay, 72, 70, 69. All right. If, if you still need to tour to make money, okay, or whatever it is at the age of 71, you just might need to give it up, man. Yeah. That that reminds me, because, uh, you know, like the last couple seasons the, uh the Jags have brought in, like these obscure events on like random home events or home games or whatever. And I saw Ric Flair at the last, uh, when they were here for the Vikings game. And I was so excited to see Ric Flair. And I saw him walking like down the hallway. I'm like, Rick has had a a bunch of DDTs and (laughs) and he's gone off the top rope one too many times. His, his woo was more like a whoa. You know what I mean? I was like, man, Rick Rick needs to sit down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's too many DVT, DDTs and too many uh, uh, figure four leg locks. He probably walks with a wobble by now. <laughs> well, the, uh, he, he literally looked like he was walking on glass. The good news is they uh, they they heard the feedback about the the non diverse uh, 
entertainment. And supposedly next summer they're going to have more of a hip hop vibe. So I think some of the artists they lined up are, uh, we were talking about this the other night, uh, Mike Jones, uh, Jay Kwan, uh, Little Romeo, I think is going to be there. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Carter. <laughs> So, uh, hey, hey, hey! For next year, let's make them say, "Oh, <laughs> oh!" Now that, that if they brought Master P, I, I would, I would literally be there with uh, the aluminum foil, like the gum wrapper. I used to put it in my mouth for the grill. No one else did that. All right, Paul Wall. Yeah. <laughs> right, hey, he's well. the people's champ, man. Let him go. Uh, All right, but yeah, well. no, that's that's uh that's a, at least we got to start somewhere. So it's crazy. We got to start there, but uh, oh well, it'll be good for the city when they get that built. It's just the beginning of that whole area uh, that needs a much needed facelift uh, around the stadium. Uh, I'm all for economic uh, change, and so eh, got to start somewhere. So, uh, well, this is just the perfect intro for an off-season podcast because there isn't like a whole ton of. Uh discussion points right now but one that you mentioned Derek was uh hopefully will get us in the news quite a bit if he gets it but the Baselli Hall of Fame nomination you know I am all for hoping praying however you want to put it that Baselli gets into the Hall of Fame but I just don't think it's going to happen uh not this year at least and the reason why is, is who he's up against. You know, just to name a couple, T.O., Ladanian, Jimmy Johnson, Kurt Warner, and Heinz Ward. That's five out of, like, ten that I listed that are, like, tough competition. So, especially T.O., because T.O., a lot of people thought T.O. should have gotten in last year, but couldn't have him and Moss going in the same year, I guess. But that's just that's tough competition right there. What do you think, Jake? I, I mean... I don't know. I think I, I think it's time. You know, a lot of these other guys, it's their first year on uh, as a ballot. And, you know, Baselli is regarded as one of the best left tackles uh, in the, uh, you know, in the history of the game. And I, I think that the Jags, with him being on the Jags, is kind of what's hurting his stock a little bit. Um, you know, a lot of people aren't really big on him being, you know, a part of the Jags, but are big on his skill set and big on what he did at USC. And uh, I think that's what's keeping him actually in the race and what's got him this far. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I would love to see him in, but, uh, you know, I kind of agree and slash disagree with you there. I think that's uh, – he's got a tall order to fill, especially with Brian Dawkins on there too. I mean, yeah, that guy's yeah. just a monster. And he and he was one I didn't list. It's like, you know, Dawkins, John Lynch, which yeah, I think he could beat out John Lynch, uh, Jason Terry or Jason Taylor, I'm sorry. Uh mad scientist himself, Jesus on the ballot too. Hmm. So that's yeah, uh, you know, Paul Tagliabue, the former uh, commissioner. And he was a players commissioner. The players loved him because he wasn't Goodell. He didn't suspend him for sneezing or <laughs> I can say for the first time and like ever in my life, this is how I feel like I'm getting older is like everyone on this list. I remember and actually (laughs) seen them play football. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you're watching the hall of fame and you see like that one, um, you know, player like, Oh yeah, I remember seeing some film on him or, Oh, I remember him playing. Like now I can vividly remember watching, you know, T.O. and some of his antics and, you know, LaDamian Tomlinson and, you know, m- more importantly, that, that defense that John Lynch was on with Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, who's in the Hall of Fame, um, 
you know, all Tiki Barber was on that team, or no, Rondé Barber was a running back, excuse me. But I mean, it, yeah, man, it's just crazy. No, I was gonna say, I think it's uh, him and uh, what fifteen other people, I guess, total. Yeah, there were a couple more I didn't name, like Alan Fanica, Morton Anderson, stuff like that. But it's it, it, it's guys really. So here's who I think's going in. My opinion, Ladanian Thompson. If he's not a first ballot, then that's just absolutely absurd. Mm-hmm. In my opinion. Um, Jimmy Johnson will probably get in just because of the magic that he did with Dallas. And then T.O. After that, it's pretty much up in the air to me. And Kurt Warner, yeah, he, you know, he, he was really good, but he was only really good for a short period of time. And, uh, Heinz Ward, Heinz Ward, he, he he's, he's kind of funny because he was a good wide receiver, but he wasn't the fastest or the strongest or could jump the highest. He just got it done. So, yeah, he got it done, and he was one of the first uh, uh, receivers to actually, you know, kind of rebel up against, you know, these uh, corners and, and, and uh, safeties taking shots on the uh, on the receivers. And he was actually going after, you know, you know, knocking the crap out of the other, you know, players that were away from the, the ball because, you know, he thought, well, they're going to do it to me. Why not do it to them? You know what I mean? First mm-hmm. blocking, real blocking receiver also. So yeah, it's it cool to see uh, to see uh, someone like Heinz Ward get in also. And, and not only that, man, Heinz Ward played QB until his junior year at Georgia. Then he changed. He was the quarterback, and I think that year in their bowl game, their quarterback got hurt and he had to play again. So it's it, it, it quarterback. So it's like he was a quarterback growing up, all as a kid and everything. Switched to wide receiver, and he's a Hall of Fame player. A potential Hall of Fame player. Yeah, That's but, insane. But also, um, if you remember that that stadium explosion that Bain caused, you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, <laughs> so that's like really. I think helps him. I don't know, but um, he was the only team member to survive the kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Coughlin said that uh, you know because he coached for the Jags and the Giants that Baselli's the best player he's ever coached period so I think there's a lot of people vouching for him and he seems like he's getting a lot of more a lot more in the past uh than in the past media attention which is good but so you guys but neither think that he has a shot of getting it or he's got a shot of getting it just not this year I I don't think if he does hey great I'm wrong congratulations finally a Jag in the Hall of Fame but if he doesn't then hey he had a tall order to fill you know this might be a dumb question, but because just since we, you know, inherently are going to compete with the Panthers since we were both, uh, you know, the same year expansion teams. Did the Panthers have a Hall of Famer? I think they have one, don't they? I don't know. I, I don't know off the top of uh, off, off the top if they do or not. But I was just going. I was just thinking, you know, is there a team out there that does not have a Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fame player yet? I mean, I'm pretty sure you know the Jags are you know on that list, and if Baselli doesn't make it, um, you know, he's the lone long shot that we'll have for, for quite some time. So I wonder if there's, I, I bet there is probably a stat or something like that out there that, you know, has the most Hall of Famers or which teams don't have any yet. But off the top of my head, I don't think, uh, I don't think us or Carolina have, has one. Yeah, that's, it's funny. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to, yeah, I'm trying to look it up. Look, look it up too, yeah. <laughs> And actually, see. no. The Panthers do. The Panthers yeah. do. They have Kevin. This Green. would be a, this would be the perfect time to have like an intern to do yeah. like stats. <laughs> <laughs> no, the Panthers have Kevin Green. That's one for them, I guess. 
But that doesn't count because he went in for his role when he was a Steeler, not when he was a Panther. Listed on the Hall of Fame website, though. So that's I no, I disagree with that. That's great. Kevin Green, Bill Polian, and Rick. Yeah, no. See, like you can't count those guys. Bill Polian was a GM for three years. Bill Polian's more known for getting Peyton Manning and them together. Kevin Green for his days as a Steeler and Reggie White as a heck no. Yeah, I'm scrolling through here. I think the Jags are the only one without any names on it. Are you on the yeah. Hall of Fame site like I am? Yeah, you yeah. can't. No, I don't. I, I no. Because see, the Ravens have like I guess they have names that are in bold and names that aren't in uh, bold. They're kind of like lightly shaded. Yeah. Like the Falcons have Eric Dickerson and Brett Favre listed under them as Hall of Fame players. But Brett Favre, you, you when you think of Brett Favre, you think of Green Bay. Green Bay, and then the Ravens have Jonathan Ogden, which that's correct. But then they also have Shannon Sharp, Rod Woodson, and Deion Sanders. No, no, and no. <laughs> okay, Deion. <laughs> <laughs> <I mean, laughs> oh, so so I guess we'll say the Panthers don't have a true like hall. Like if we get Vasily, that'll be a true Jaguars yeah. Hall of Famer. Exactly, exactly. But they, didn't he play for the Texans? So it, <laughs> but, it'd be in that thing where they have a like a like a like an asterisk. I don't know. It. He didn't. Really, yeah. Did he ever take a snap though? I don't think he ever. Did. I don't. I don't think so. That shoulder caught up to him, and he just never. I don't think he ever played a single down. So I wonder if that counts. Like I wonder if it counts whether the team signed you or if you played. I think it's if you played, right? Mm-hmm. Screw the Panthers. Um, Super Bowl, uh, so, and, okay, so I'm gonna sound like a real idiot here, because I don't know anything about over, under, I mean, isn't that, like, having to do with, like, Las Vegas? Total number of points. Betting and stuff? Yeah, you're betting on the, are you over or under the total number of points scored between both teams? And New England minus three, that means they're a three-point favorite. Okay, where does that even come from? Where do they even get that number from? I mean, you got the, what the super book, the bunch of booking houses in Vegas and across the world. They all come to a conclusion that they think it'll be a high scoring game and that New England will eventually win it by a field goal. So what are your guys gambling I, predictions? <laughs> I, man, I, I'm not, I, you know, I, I'm such not a gambler and it, it just, you know, it's just one of the things I've never been good at betting on anything, like literally. Anything. I've never, if I could, I, if we place a bet right now that tomorrow is going to, you know, be sunny, it'll rain. Like, <laughs> like I'm not, I'm, I'm not a betting, I'm not a betting person, but I will tell you from what I've watched in the playoffs and what I've seen from both teams, it is going to be hard for New England to stop the dirty birds from lighting up the scoreboard. Like it's going to be impossible for them to stop them. And if they do, Belichick is um, a genius, like we already understand, or it just proves that he stole Kyle Shanahan's uh, playbook uh, on media day, like he did. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about on as I think they don't call it SFR anymore. Uh, the drill about how uh, that maybe that was a trick and like it was a fake playbook and just trying to tempt them with like leaving it out there to trick them for the game. That actually be a pretty good strategy, I think. Yeah, I mean, they are. They they have been documented to try to get. Advantages <laughs> on teams, so yeah, that, that's going to be it's. I want to see Atlanta win it. I want to see someone different. It, you know, Julio and company get their first ring. 
But, man, if it's not a Manning, you're not beating Tom Brady. I think that Atlanta should hire Eli just to stand on the sidelines <laughs> and stare at him the entire time. Yeah, just, I, I, I just, I, you got to think about it. The last, either Peyton Manning's beating him in the AFC Championship game, or Eli's beating him in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. If he gets there, then it's and it's not a Manning brother facing him. He, he's gonna, he's gonna win. Uh, yeah. So I mean, we'll we'll see. But, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. we'll we'll see. We'll see what they'll be able to do. I mean, you know, on, on the contrary to it, and I hate to play devil's advocate, but I mean. You know, it, it's Tom Brady. I mean, he's he he he's pretty much you know one probably if not, uh, I would say probably besides Peyton Manning, the best uh, quarterback to ever play the game, like well, ever. I don't know. I mean, I I don't even really. I mean, I'll watch the game. I don't really care who wins. And I agree with, like the betting thing because like usually if I've ever like bet on games and especially Jaguar games, like I always feel obligated to pick them. And like even like like I always felt like I was. And maybe Derek disagrees with this. I was bad at Madden because I'd always like want to play as the Jaguars, and it would be like offensive to play as any other team on on video games. So no, uh, you just uh, you're just a bad Madden player. You can <laughs> you can <laughs> you can. I, I've whipped up on plenty of people using the Jags, and they'll use you know. Uh, oh, I hate it when people use like a pillow because like on paper they're just so fast because they got like Tyron Taylor. And, uh, Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods, and, uh, uh, Percy, they had Percy Harvin too. So that would, like, literally piss me off. Yeah, I like how you just say you're a bad Madden player in such a, like, just, just <laughs> tone. what a jerk. Uh, it, yeah, man, that's a silly video game. I like playing it, but. Oh, yes, you're an adult. So you don't play those sorts of things. Oh, no, I, I it, it's, uh, PlayStation is a stress reliever second to something else, but it's a stress reliever. <laughs> <laughs> second to second to uh, listen to that uh, Daily's Place playlist on Spotify with Google yeah. Dolls and, yeah. and, uh, uh-huh. and Alright. Um, we haven't had an episode in like uh, a week, so you know the coaching staff was solidified. So um, one of them that I was... Did you guys look up anything on the, the CFL head coach guy is going to be our quarterback's coach? I mean, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Scott Milinovich. Is he like a known guy or something? Because that just kind of caught me off guard. He, he played... Um, so he, here's how I know Milinovich, Scott Milinovich, of, of his name. Um, he played at Maryland. He was the Maryland quarterback. And back in the 90s, Maryland was... Uh, in the ACC, and they used to play Florida, Florida State every year. So that's where I remember seeing his name. Hmm. And it, it was either 94 or 95, he lit us up. Now, we still won the game, but he killed us. And then the next year, we came out and stomped the mud hole in him. But usually, if you look at history, and it's not the, uh, nothing to take against any other good teams, because there are some great college teams out there, but Usually players in that era in the 90s and 2000s that did well against FSU were actually really good players. Like, you know, Tebow, Percy, Russell Wilson. He used to kill us at NC State. So, yeah, the point is Scott Malinovich, he was a good player. He was a decent player. I think he played in Tampa maybe for a couple of years. Um, and then kind of, you know, started his coaching ranks, it looks like. But I, I didn't do much homework, but I just remember knowing that, oh, I thought he was a coach in the CFL, so, and that's a legit league, you know, they're, they're, 
they have good players. Their field's a little bit longer. Their ball's a little bit shaped wider, and I think their field goal posts are skinnier. Uh, but so it's completely yeah. different, basically. <laughs> no, no, it's the fields. Was it the fields? What Jake? One hundred ten yards, right? I, I'm not an expert on anything Canadian except for uh, poutine. Oh, and for you, for I don't know. That is a dish with French fries, um, gravy, and cheese curds. It's really good. Oh. That's, it's really, really good. And and ginger ale and uh, a couple of Drake songs. That's as Canadian as I get. Okay. Anyway, so I thought you were yeah, referencing the uh, Russian president Vladimir Putin. Oh, okay. Nope, not him. Mm. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> wrong, wrong Putin. <laughs> uh, I've <laughs> but no, anyway, the he's we got to give him a chance. Can't be better than anything that we we haven't had, uh, especially now that Olsen's gone. Thank God, and we can really get some good coaches in here. Well, and JK three, who's the biggest uh, uh, assistant coach um, that we have now that everybody's pumped about? Tyrone Wheatley. No, no. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Tyrone Wheatley. All right, let's talk about Tyrone Wheatley. <laughs> Keenan's back, man. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I think it's awesome. They finally found a way to bring Keenan back. Um, I think he's uh, done nothing but but good things with San Diego. Uh, I mean, you can look at the receivers and, and Jacksonville, and if you're a Jaguars fan, you know how well uh, the receivers have performed against this team. The, the last couple of years, and uh, I think he won work wonders um, out there. And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I think that Keenan Mercado has a lot of tricks up his sleeve that he'll uh, definitely be able to pass down to show how he got open all the time. And as a receiver, you know, you have things where your hands, uh, you know, can help you get open, um, and, you know, as far as when you, you, you know, slapping down hands or, or coming off uh, off blocks. But also when you're running your route, uh, you know, Keenan does a, a, a thing very well. Where he's not really as fast as Jimmy Smith was, where he's like a burner. Keenan's more of a uh, a quick receiver. He 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 relies on his fundamentals, his preparedness, and his running. And I think when he's running those, you know, those stops and those goes and those uh, those out routes and you know the whips or anything else like that, um, that's what got him open. You know, those inter those intermediate routes. Uh, is what, how he got, you know, his living, and that's what he made his, his money off of, of running those routes. And I think that now, the type of routes that we've seen, you know, A-Rob, uh, Marquise Lee, for example, um, will, will benefit way more from having an actual proven receiver and a proven veteran and a younger guy. You know, I love Jerry Sullivan. Um, you know, Jerry's pretty much world-renowned in the NFL for, for his receiving techniques, but it's, it's good to get somebody that you know, uh, more fresh, should I say, and, and and can definitely speak from the experience more recent. Sorry okay. to be long-winded, but no, I'm no, really passionate makes, about that. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes sense. It makes sense. And Derek, do you think there's any one receiver that might benefit uh, more so from, from Keenan coming on? Absolutely, and his name is Alan Hearns, and I'll tell you why. JK3 just mentioned Crisp getting open. Basically saying footwork. Alan Hearns, I don't know if y'all ever see, he trips over himself all the time. He's falling down. He's contorted. Bodies twisted ten times different ways. Keenan, 
Coach McCardell, Keith McCardell, he's going to help him clean that up, I think. He's going to help him get his footwork together, uh, get some hands on him, you know, hopefully get be able to catch the ball with his hands, not just his body. Um, if you look back on some catches where he's dropped over the last few years, especially some towards the end zone where Bortles has actually had him open, uh, hopefully we can get some more of that. Um, he was always falling. Did you ever notice that? Like he was running, yeah. he was, like he was running out of his shoes and feet were going wide. You know, when you were racing down the street when you were nine years old, you always had that one kid whose feet would always like go out five feet wide and he was so <laughs> yeah. fast, but he'd be about to trip over himself at the end when he got it stopped running. That's what Alan Hearns reminds me of. And I think he'll definitely benefit from that. I think another thing that Keenan will, <clears throat> will also do is over the last couple of years, you know, as the Jags, they've had a relatively young team. They've been looking for that veteran receiver to come in. And I think now they actually have it, you know, because Keenan is the, you know, he, he's a veteran, you know, player. He did come in and they don't have to have it as like an actual veteran player, like someone's, you know, suiting up like an Aurelius Ben or something like that. I think he was the most senior receiver, but now they actually have someone that can teach these guys how to be actual professionals. Yeah. You know, can, can teach these guys to, you know, literally, when you're, when you're getting your praise, you put it back on the team, you win as a team, you lose as a team, and, and most importantly, to kind of stop that war that we had going on between the players and the fans, because I think we all know that there's no way the players are going to win that war when it comes to the fans. Mm -hmm. That's a really good point, though, actually, as far as the veteran leadership. You're kind of getting, like, two for one on that one, so that's good. Yeah. Um, Any uh, thoughts on any of the other assistants aside from the the main OCDC and head coach? Um, Flaherty, the O-line coach, and uh, Perry Fuel, the DB coach, those are former Giants coaches. Um, I'm pretty sure that we don't have anyone else, but, yeah, those two guys are definitely former uh, Coughlin coaches, so. You definitely have the those guys, and 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 you talk about new blood from Bradley's old staff, and you know Marone, Hackett, and Wash are still here, but you know all the position assistants are gone. Um, those are the those are the coaches that the players see every day, and I mean they're like the meetings, the morning meetings, the film sessions. Those are the coaches that they see all the time. So. In a sense, we got a good mix of both. I know I wanted a complete new coaching staff. You know, I definitely was not on the Maroon train at all. But it, you got to be satisfied with the way it came out with uh, Coughlin running the show and uh, Maroon being the head coach. And uh, so I, I think it'll be. I think we'll. It, we should give them a chance. I don't, I don't think it's going to be okay until they prove it. I think. Think you know. We we should give them a shot. One one last note on the uh, on the coaching. One one thing I'll be. Uh, and a lot of these guys that 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 are on the team, um, you know, they they do somewhat embody that winning culture. But one of the guys that I'd be really that I'm really interested to see make that transition is uh, Marion Hobby, who is the uh, the defensive line coach. He he's been at Clemson since uh, 2011, um, and to to now recently. And you know, Clemson has been one of those is one of the schools that has been synonymous with with winning and synonymous in that that playoff hunt. You know, every every year there's talk about them doing it, and then they, you know, they have that winning culture instilled. And, and I think that's something that I'd be willing to see uh, that jump make from, or make that jump from college to the NFL. See how he can 
continue that pedigree and continue building these, you know, these these linemen that that have come through and been successful. Also, yeah, and Clemson's had some good defensive linemen come out in the last few years. I mean, uh, I know there's, you know, Vic Beasley obviously is the latest, but I'm pretty sure there's two or three more guys from Clemson that are playing in the league on the D line. You know, he he's an established coach, so I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Uh, Hopefully he can, re, you know, get in Fowler and, you know, work with him and see, you know, pointed out his you know, mistakes and get him to learn better. And then uh, Gakwe just, that's, sky's the limit for that dude if he keeps going on that pace. I like the the thought, too, that the K3 made about, like, the, the winning background and that mentality. Because I think it was, who was it, Calvin Beecham this week that came out. And he seems like he's been the most... Uh, Strong, strong worded about the change from Gus Bradley in terms of the talk about process versus the talk about winning. You know, because that tone was set pretty early in the introductory press conference with Coughlin and, and Marone that the focus is going to be on winning, not, not process and not getting better. And so I think uh, maybe that had something to do with the guys they recruited. Who knows? W's are where it counts. Uh, like you said earlier, a few, pod, a few episodes ago, JK3, you know, we drank the Kool Aid. Kool-Aid tasted good, reminded you when you were a kid, but at the end of the day, we still stunk. Um, I hope we don't drink the Kool-Aid again, we as Jaguar fans. And uh, the, that attitude, that mental that mental approach to the game, because we definitely got the talent. We we have the talent, that's for sure. We're, we're, we're probably one of – if we were graded on paper how young our team would and be potential, we'd probably be in the top. 15, because I know there are some rosters that are, are worse than ours. I mean, we just talked about San Diego and their receivers. Okay, they they their their receiver like broke his leg or something in week three, and we played them like a week later or something like that. And they had a bunch of guys that no one's even heard of or once, and they absolutely kicked us. You know, because that's just the, the the mentality they they know that they can play. So hopefully, we get the same thing. Well, and I know JK3 is super excited about this, but I mean, we're sure getting some cool, menacing, like hype graphics with Marone and Coughlin and like an email about ticket renewals right now. So uh, those are those are pretty exciting. They got some good menacing faces for that. So that went that went straight to the uh, garbage can <laughs> in my in my inbox. Literally, I saw that, and then and then I got the phone call. I got the phone call and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay. What time? Up? Oh, yep, that time of year. You're you're, you're trying to reel me back in. Uh, I'll I'll make you sweat. I'll make you sweat a little bit. Yeah. You, they know that I'm gonna renew, but you you'll sweat. You're not gonna get it on the first call, buddy. Yeah, throw in a throw in a t-shirt or something like you're in the front row of a Jaguars game. <laughs> it's like, uh, and I can just picture like the phone calls too, or it's like. Uh, Buy tickets for the new era of the Jacksonville Jaguars with Doug Marone, Nate Hackett, and Todd Wash. <laughs> Woohoo! But yeah, I it's I mean, like I, what? <laughs> yeah. But I mean, sarcasm aside, I mean, I am, I am pretty excited, regardless for for next season. So, well, that's all we got today. Uh, you know, it's coming up soon. We're going to have the, uh, the the draft and free agency uh, talk. Um, definitely have a lot of uh, interest in in both uh, areas. Uh, combine is, um, when is that March? And after that is pro days. So probably looking at recording another episode around that time. So we'll keep you posted on, uh, Facebook and Twitter. And, um, until next time, man, uh, hope everyone has a good night and go Jags. The headlines remind us daily. The world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing, but you know better. 
and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com